Welcome to listen to WDBE Talks, the podcast for the world of digital built environment. We invite you on a physical and virtual journey from Tallinn to Helsinki in September 2023. This year, we will take a deep dive into climate tech with our keynote speakers. Hello and welcome to another episode of WDBE Talks. My name is Arni Heiskanen. In this podcast series, we interview WDBE keynote speakers, and today my guest is Sebastian Michaud, venture capital investor at Fundamental. We will discuss investing in climate through technology, which is the theme of WDBE in 2023. Sebastian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us about your background and what led you to become an investor? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that becoming a VC was um, pretty much quite intentional for me. Uh, the first time I actually realized I wanted to be in VC, I was working in London, and I remember I came across this startup pitching event. And I remember listening to the pitches, and it was incredibly engaging. And I knew I wanted to pretty much get into this line of work. So fast forward a year or so, um, and I came across Fundamental, and I was really intrigued uh, by the fund's investment thesis, which is, uh, as you know, entirely focused on construction tech. And what surprised me in the con- the construction industry is that it is so huge. I mean you know, $11 trillion dollar industry. It has a huge environmental impact. It has, it's an industry with a lot of um, societal implications, like it employs 7% of the world population uh, of workers. And yet I looked at it from the outside and I realized that for most people, it is a huge black box in a way. And um, even in the tech industry, the narrative around construction was not very present, despite the fact that we know today it is an industry that is really ripe for disruption. But now we're seeing that the narrative is shifting. Um, So I took the opportunity to embark in this journey with Fundamental and quite quite honestly, I've loved it ever since. So did you by by any chance have any anything to do with the construction industry that's the thing we have a team uh, currently that is coming from a variety of backgrounds so we have this sort of in-house in-house core expertise from many of the investors i was one of the outliers of the team so i was really coming from the fintech space so still in the digital world um and it was really a question of you know taking making a comparison almost between an industry that is having a very, very high attention, that's the fintech industry, where you're seeing that there's a very high degree of digitization, a really big amount of capital infusion. How do you take the lessons from that industry and how do you apply it to an industry where we're, we're seeing a digitization at a very rapid rate by now, but it's it's still not uh, the main um, attention what is fundamental and uh, what's in your portfolio at the moment? 
Sure. Um, well, Fundamental is a uh, we're a venture capital fund. Uh, we're the only global fund that invests again exclusively in um, construction tech, and we invest early stage. And by now, we pretty much invested in every continent, which has been really great so far for me as well. And the thesis, the investment thesis of Fundamental is pretty clear for us. We know that the construction industry needs to digitize. Uh, they're pressing is issues the technology can solve. And we're seeing that the market is inflecting. We're seeing this pull in by these industry stakeholders to increase productivity and create this orchestrated economy. And to double click on our portfolio, I think our investment approach has been to really identify what are the deep tissue pain points in this industry. So we look at the construction industry, we think, where, where does the real pain lie? And we partner with the teams that seem to address exactly those pain points. So I'll give you an example. Um, for instance, in the US, one of the biggest uh, pain points, one of the biggest crises is the imminent uh, labor crisis. So, and we're also, by the way, seeing that in Europe. So there's a huge turnover rate uh, with the, the labor pool. Um, there's a big chunk of the workforce that is retiring and not being replaced. And this is a problem that is really going to come into fruition in two to three years time. But we're seeing actually the effects of that right now. We're seeing that there is so many job vacancies in Europe and in the US that are just not being filled in the construction world. So the question then for us is, what do we do about that? And we look at the companies that think around how, for example, you can fill the skilled labor pool. So uh, that's what our portfolio company Forge is doing in the US by offering, offering training and upskilling labor. And similarly, that's what Power Us is doing in Europe, another portfolio company, which taps into migrant workers and provides them way to access opportunities. But it's also, uh, the, the, there's also different perspectives to it. So for example, how do you remove workers from construction sites and from, for example, mining? Uh, so from dangerous um, environments, um, and, and then there's also other angles, there's robotics, there's automation and uh, Mighty Bu Buildings in the US is a good example again, because um, it, 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 it tackles the, what parts of the construction pr process can we automate? And uh, again, safe AI for mining, uh, another good example. So we're very thesis driven in that respect. Well, you already touched on, on my next question a little bit, but um, what makes up a startup that you consider investing in? At the very core, to be completely honest with you, I think that the assessment of early stage investing is pretty similar to what it is to other industries outside of construction. So we really look at the fundamentals of the business and we develop a, a thesis around the scalability the, and the growth potential. This is really by and large what we do. But what is specific perhaps about the sector that we're looking at, the built world, is that unlike many industries that are already very digitized, the adoption is the real problem. So you have solutions that 
you know, you have founders that come in with a, with a specific solution and say, you know, if we use this at scale, we are reducing productivity by X, we're increasing productivity by X percent, we're reducing costs by X percent. But the, the challenge here is actually that the construction companies are very hard to sell into. And you have to, in a way, provide immediate value to them. You can't give them a pro promise of delayed value at, at scale. Um, and, and it's also a, a customer base that is getting increasingly digitized, but very busy. And you need to really provide immediate value. So the real challenge for founders is how do I find a wedge into the market so that I can infiltrate with whatever technology I'm offering and really provide immediate value from day one? Um, and, and that's the real challenge. I think that's why the respect for, for, for founders in construction tech is pretty big because it is very difficult. So for us, we're looking at cons uh, construction tech founders that provide an instant value rather than a deferred value and in a way have an empathy for the industry, which does not necessarily mean that they belong to the construction industry. It does not mean that they're insiders. We've, we've backed re really successful founders that have been from, you know, outside from other tech topics and then got into construction, but demonstrated that they, they had the right approach in tackling customers. Well, you, you talked about the, let's say, uh, the value that you have to deliver from as early as possible. But when we're talking about climate, uh, climate technology that's that's a problem because it typically takes a long time before you can see any results but uh, the 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 gamut of startups in real estate and construction industry uh, technology is extensive as as you've described can can you mention application areas where you think technology would have the most significant positive impact on climate and perhaps some something that they can deliver early on Definitely. Um, I'm glad you mentioned climate and uh, I'll try and be succinct because this is the kind of topic that I end up rambling for hours on. Um, but essentially, I focus on uh, deal flow in Europe and I focus on really kind of working in the European startup ecosystem. And in Europe, at least, uh, you cannot really get by uh, by avoiding the topic of sustainability and climate. And you're completely right, uh, real estate companies and um, construction technology at large, there's a lot going on with respect to climate. Uh, and in, I would even go and say that in some shape or form, the topic of sustainability always kind of crops up in pitch decks. I'm not saying that it's uh, in every pitch deck that we see, but more it's becoming a more and more prevalent topic and it's almost impossible for startups to avoid the topic uh, at some in some shape or form so we're trying to structure the market i think that's our exercise it's looking at this climate problem we understand the macroeconomics and we try to dig in and understand where um, technology can sort of penetrate and real really change things and one opportunity space that we have really spent the time on recently has been looking at tech solutions that are enabling thermal renovation. So take heat pumps, for example, or insulation. And this is less of a topic around 
new builds and more of a topic around how do we upgrade the existing stock, uh, which is a huge topic uh, for Europe. Um, I think I saw a stat the other day that 80% of the buildings are heated with fossils. And the why now uh, for the tech industry is very prevalent. So what's happened last year with the supply shock of gas and the rising utility costs, all of a sudden you have this economic argument that has sort of shed light to the climate emergency. And it's it's really meant that for us, electrifying homes has been a huge, huge topic. And again, you know, getting into the specifics of it, a lot of the workflows across the value chain of electrifying homes can be tech enabled. And there's a lot of entry points for tech to get in from solutions who accompany homeowners in their renovation journey, um, from how to do energy audits, how do you get subsidies from the state whenever you want to do renovation, what kind of renovation do you want to be doing? And we partnered with a, a company a team at Baupal in Germany who do exactly that. And another example is how do you unclog and streamline the process for installers and people who are able to do the renovation work, which by the way, again, labor scarcity, there's not enough of them. So we partnered with a team at Loon in, in Denmark, which is what they're focusing on. So this is going to continue being a big topic for us. You said that uh, climate and, and sustainability is always <laughs> on, on the slides decks of, of, of startups. But what do you think drives climate-aware investments in general? Is it the customers? Is it regulation or, or something else? I think there is this myth that customers are only kind of driven by uh, economics, that it's only economically driven decisions and that regulation essentially is the only real push uh, that stands against, you know, all the challenges with, with, with respect to climate awareness. What we have seen uh, through the lens of the companies that we've been partnering with, especially, is that the customers and especially the end customers are demanding greener solutions. And this is throughout the entire value chain of the built world. So we've seen that there is a concerted effort, for example, from architects to minimize the environmental impact of their designs. We've seen uh, that construction companies are uh, very, very uh, aware of the use of the materials, which materials to use for the buildings. And how do they minimize the embodied carbon? Um, developing uh, developers as well in tracking that portfolio and the emissions of the portfolio and the consumers that are making the decisions to re reduce their carbon footprint. So there is beyond economics, there is actually a very strong incentive to genuinely reduce the carbon footprint. But of course, um, regulation is incredibly important. I mean, at this stage, um, it is a huge push and all these forces really kind of translate in, into, uh, into a, a higher willingness to, to pay by, by, by everyone. And that obviously translates in um, climate aware investments. Uh, we had the first wave of climate investments back in 2007, around that time, and it didn't go really well. <laughs> Perhaps this time it's different. So, is investing in climate a viable strategy when it comes to financial gain? 
Yes, it's it's actually interesting to compare this kind of new cycle and the old cycle and thinking, okay, what um, what were the issues previously? Was it the tech readiness? Was it the fact that there wasn't a willingness to pay? I think historically um, we have seen that there is this narrative around a trade-off between you know making money and uh, solving climate, and I think that. For the last over the last decade as well, that's been sort of the main contention. So everything to do with solving climate problems is 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 kind of enters the realms of nonprofit, and it's hard to infiltrate in the for profit world. Um, I think that that narrative is absolutely ch- changing. Um, and what we what we see is if you look at valuations, they're really internalizing. Um, the notions of of environmental impact. So I think, first of all, you have an increased willingness to pay by stakeholders, by the private sector, for climate and green solutions. So the very fact that the willingness to pay is there, that's going to immediately translate itself to valuations. So if you think that investors are going to follow valuation that is essentially what's going to drive them there is going to be a a like-for-like comparison and within the economic system you're going to see that and i think more broadly valuations in general uh, financial valuations in capital markets they're going to capture the impact of on the environment so a company that has a positive impact on the environment, that is going to be a premium on the valuation. And it makes sense intuitively. I mean, valuation is, by definition, how we value things. How do we value private companies? If climate is the most important thing for us, and it's something that's going to have very pressing emerging effects in, on our lives, we're going to value it very highly. And that in some shape or form, it's going to translate itself into inflating valuations towards positive impact and 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 the opposite effect for negative impact so it's less of becoming an externality and more becoming core as to how we do it and the reason why this is is because now we're putting a price to environmental impact we're actually pricing it and there's a lot of concerted effort to 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 find frameworks on how do we price carbon how do we monitor it and that is going to have the end effect on valuation which is going to drive investments that will be a, a, a huge discussion in the future as well. Um, so um, what's in the future for you as a, as a VC? Well, look, I, I love this job. Um, we're dealing with a huge amount of uncertainty, um, especially how fast things are moving. Um, but it's uh, I see myself continuing in VC. Um, the way I think really of my personal future in VC is that I really want to enable the right people. I think that no matter the age or the experience or the background, I have an immense respect for innovators who genuinely care about a specific mission statement. And I also think that startups have a role of both bringing technology to market, but also they have this huge role in creating a cultural shift and 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 kind of changing the conversation around certain topics and and and, and inspiring a change in behavior uh, to a lot of people. So I like the, this this idea of of 
helping people they get a kick in um keeping the the status quo on their toes and if i can contribute even a little bit in enabling them and in supporting those people that would make me very happy and maybe secondly tapping into um, some talent pools that the venture capital industry has not tapped into yet. I think there is many uh, experienced professionals, there are many people out there who maybe do not ha have access to the, to the network or the capital, but could really contribute. And uh, I think I see my role as also becoming something about finding those people. I, I think you're doing a great job. Appreciate that. Yeah, and as I said, you will be a keynote speaker at WDBE in September. Can, can you give us a hint about what you're covering your, uh, in your keynote? Sure, sure, I can, I can give it a hint. I mean, listen, it's, it's actually quite hard to, there's so many things to talk about, you know, to distill it into something. Um, I won't give too much away, but I will um, center the conversation around what investors are looking for from startups in the built world. Um, and I also can hint that I really want to pull the ex experience and the examples that we've gathered from different regions of the world. So there's been so much learning from uh, looking at solutions in the US, in Asia Pacific, more recently in Africa, in the Middle East, and being able to pull that sort of global outlook that we that, that we've gathered gathered over the years. I think that's something that we definitely want to be doing well uh if i'm a startup and i'm <laughs> i have a great idea or in in general if i'm interested to uh, continue discussion with you how can our listeners best connect with you okay well listen had you asked me that um a month ago i would have told you linkedin but i also think that my name is hard to <laughs> spell out on linkedin because it's uh, very french and I've recently uh, revamped my Twitter. So I think that's a more informal and a faster way to reach out to me. Uh, the handle is very unoriginal. It's uh, seb.vc. So it's easy to find me. And uh, uh, obviously, more than happy to, to speak with uh, innovators from the built world. Thanks for the interview. This has been a real pleasure, uh, Sebastian. And I'm looking forward to your WDBE keynote. Me too. And thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Join us at wdbe.org.